0: Makeup Awards just right on the spot. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. Hey, look, I exist. Okay, so we are covering week 11 of the summer season, covering all sports anime from September 10th to September 16th.
1: Uh, Matt, did we get any questions of the week? We do have a question of the week from one Matt Ely, uh, who writes from Iowa, apparently, and is me, um... Quick side note before I get into uh, my slash Matt's letter. uh, You, the actual listener, can always write in uh, and ask your own question of the week at koshiancast at Um, gmail.com. Unless you want to just hear us keep asking it to each other over and over and over. But uh, we do welcome uh, real emails as well as fake ones. Um, So Matt, uh, my question for you is what was the last time that you played organized sports and uh what what sport was it and what kind of position did you play um so i'll go first uh i i believe the last time i was in well i guess i have two answers the last time i was in organized sports for a team sport that wasn't associated with school or anything um was little league honestly i think when i was 12 uh because i played so i played baseball uh and i thought of myself as a third baseman but uh i can't imagine i played there all the time i was a pretty weak hitter i i told myself i was a switch hitter but really i was just a right-handed batter who would sometimes stand in the left-handed batter's batting box to like create the impression the impression that i knew what i was doing uh but i did not um after that uh i was on I, i did track in junior high but that's because i went to a tiny school where track was a required activity um but i did actually enjoy it at that point and i was uh At least as far as 7th graders in my tiny junior high go, I was very competitive on the standing broad jump where you stand still and then jump. It was really kind of my speed in terms of athletic achievement goes. Um, So, all that being said, Matt, how about you? Okay, so the last time I
0: played an organized sport... I don't know if this really counts. Uh, some people from my work, uh, I've gone and played dodgeball with them. I guess that's kind of a I I mean, it's a sport. I mean, it's got, you use balls and, you know, you assemble teams, you throw, you throw the balls at one another. Yeah, you know what, I'm going to count it as a sport. I don't care what you say, Matt. Um, but yeah, I think that would be the last time. Other than that, yeah, probably not since elementary school. Um, so, anyway, Matt, I don't think you're gonna be around here anymore, considering the fact that I am actually recording this at a different time than you. So, I believe you will be back for a uh, discussion on Fastest Finger first, and on uh, Clean freak Out Yama, whereas I'm about to uh, tackle Welcome to the Ballroom and dive on my own. Unfortunately, we just couldn't get our schedules to align this week. So, because of that, we're not going to be able to cover Big Wind-Up this week. We will resume Big Wind-Up next week. Uh, that'll be week 12 of the summer season. So, anyway, I'm not going to dwell on it too much longer. So, uh, for anybody who's still around, just please listen to me ramble about Welcome to the Ballroom, episode 11. So, this episode just consists of the uh, the finale to the Tenpei Cup. Pretty much what happens is... Uh, Tatara performs his final routine, the routine he's practiced for for so long. Uh, he's starting to wear out, even though he's not. He actually turns out to be fine. Uh, he inspires Gaju to do very well. and uh, at the very end of the tournament, what they find out is Tatara actually scored in last place in the finals or Tatara and Mako, whereas Gaju and Shizuku took away first place. However, as we find out, at the very end, uh, there, is a, there is a completely separate award uh, for basically the best partner. And Mako wins best partner, even though they scored last. Anyway, uh, it ends. Uh, Tatara is just honored to have even placed, at, or to have even made it to the finals. Uh, we move on to his school life, where he has finally made it into high school. Um, so, I did not like this episode in the least. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess it was okay for just moving the plot along, you know. But, you know, this was supposed to be kind of the big climax of this big story arc. You know, like, you know, this was uh, Mako and, you know, Tatara's final showdown against Gaju and Shizuku. Um, but... I just feel like the story, like, you know, a lot of what drives these sort of big, grand climaxes is, you know, you're really that invested in the story, you know, you're really invested, invested in watching these characters succeed. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm just not really that invested in, like, this narrative. Like, I am just not invested in, like, like... (sighs) I don't really understand what Tatara is getting out of it. Like, outside of, okay, he just wants people to notice him. That's fine, but I don't really see what this cup is really... You know, what this competition is really doing for him. Whereas, I'm kind of actively rooting against Amako's goals here. Like, I don't like the fact that she wants to get back together with Gaju. Um, because, you know, everything we've seen of, it, seen of him, this arc is, you know, portrayed him to be kind of a massive jerk. And what I just, I hated, I hated in this episode is that they brought up this whole, uh, this whole second award that has not been mentioned at all. It was, I guess, vaguely hinted at with the whole commentary about how Mako needs to beat Shizuku. You know, that's how she's really going to get back together with Gaju. But, you know, I kind of just saw that as being, you know, just sort of a, you know, sort of a symbolic thing. You know, it's like, you know, that's their strategy. They're not trying to, you know... You know, Tatara realizes he can't compete with Gaju, but, you know, maybe he can let Mako compete with uh, Shizuku. You know, maybe they're on more equal grounds, and Tadara just has to do his thing and make sure Mako stands out. That's fine. I don't mind that. But, like, why is there just suddenly an entirely second award that we have not heard hide or hair about, this entire frickin' arc, and then just uh, like. And for Mako to win it, even though that they are in last place, like, it it feels like that the series is trying to assign some sort of award to Mako to base, to justify her getting back together with Gaju, essentially, you know, it's like, oh, well, she didn't win the main award, which is, you know, as far as we were aware, the only award we, uh, that was that actually existed. But don't worry, Mako actually won this entirely separate other reward. So therefore, okay, she can get back to ga- get back together with Gaju now. It's fine. Everything's good. And that's pretty much what happens. Like she just approaches Gaju and she's like, Come on, brother, let's get going. You're my partner now. And Gaju is like, Uh, okay. Um It's just it's not an interesting conclusion. Like I almost, like, it doesn't feel earned by the characters, it feels like. It's, the problem is that the series really, like, I it, it decided to adhere to this really stupid rule that Mako had to win, like, that they had to win the cup in some way, you know, like, they had to win the 10K cup. You know, that was going to be how they got back together with Gaju. Or how she was going to get back together with Gaju, rather. Um, but, you know, realistically, that couldn't actually happen. And, you know, I think that's fine, you know, because the series is, you know, pretty clearly portraying that. Because, yeah, Tadaro, they kind of sucked it. Like, Tatara just cannot keep up in this sort of setting. Because he doesn't have the stamina. He doesn't have, really, the ability. All he can do is just sort of dance so, you know, just perform the moves he can in hope you know in hopes that it's actually gonna make him stand out. Uh, you know, I liked the fact that he actually that they got seventh place. I honestly wouldn't have even minded watching Mako and Gaju get back together because, you know, like even though they lost, you know, in watching this he realizes, man, I really screwed up with Mako, you know like Watching her dance like this, I didn't realize she could dance like that. I didn't realize what I had been doing to her. Like, you know, maybe I should reconsider this. But no, it's just, oh no, there's this other award that Mako won. So therefore, technically they win their, uh, technically they won, so fine. They're back together. Gaju and Mako are back together now. Okay, cool. And it's just, it's so pointless, I feel like. Like, the fact that even though they weren't that great, they still basically, the, the series had to create an excuse for the two of them to get back together. Because I feel like, I, I'm trying to remember this correctly, I could be wrong about it, but I feel like the series, like, like the series flat out stated, like, you know, this isn't a normal award that is given out, you know, it's not, not in, like, big competitions, but, you know, sometimes at smaller competitions, you know, at sort of fan-run ones, you know, that's, you know, they sometimes give out awards like this. It's like, come on, guys. Like, you don't need to justify it. You could have just justified it with, like, Mako and Gaju getting back together based on the plot. That would have been fine, but no. It's like, you just, you just had to come up with an excuse for the two of them to get back together, and it's, Ugh, sorry, I have done nothing but rant about that this entire segment, but there's not really a whole lot else to talk about. is back in high school. Or, is in high school now. Cool, I guess. I don't really see how that's any different from what we've seen of him, because we have not seen him at all in junior high. We, j- Outside of the very beginning of the series. I don't know how this... Like, I don't see how this is any different than... I guess it's supposed to be the sort of coming of age thing, you know, you know, in junior high, he finally found, you know, where he wants to be in life. And now he's graduated, he's moving on to high school, you know, he's going to move on and do, you know, high school is going to be really where he comes of his own, you know, sort of graduated from adolescence and is going deeper into adolescence. I didn't really think that one through. Who cares? Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't really have any sort of effect on me because again, we didn't really see him in junior high it was literally like for fought for just a couple of minutes at the very beginning of the series uh outside, the one vaguely interesting thing that happened was a brief interjection uh with shizuku after the match where she were you see her staring at herself in the mirror and crying because she lost you know calling herself pathetic which Seems to imply that Shizuku may have some, you know... We've already seen that she does have some insecurity issues, especially when it comes to Hyodo. You know, she feels like she was not able to win this cup and show Hyodo to, like, on that same... You know, show that she's on the same level as him. Because she failed to do that. I guess? But, again, it's kind of interesting, but the series just hasn't done anything to really make me care that much about this conflict, so... Uh-huh. Anyway, speaking of things I'm continuing to not really care about, why don't I talk about Dive? Please laugh, Matt, even though I know you're not here. <laughs> okay, that was awkward. I'm really sorry. Um, so Dive episode 11 was entirely about the build-up to this final tournament. Uh, we have Yoichi requesting of Asaki to teach him some special move. Uh, it's a, uh, reverse, uh, two and a half reverse backflip with a two and a half, uh, pike. Uh, anyway, the, she doesn't, not really a whole lot happens otherwise, it's just, they go about town, they, uh, they're in Kobe now, I believe. Uh, kind of because they got a free day, but doesn't really amount to anything. Uh, apparently Tomo's depressed about Asaki again, even though he... Should have already gotten over this, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Yoichi is also super depressed about it. Uh, In fact, he's so depressed about it, he can't sleep the night before the competition. And uh, the episode sort of ends with him uh, nearly flipping off. Like, he's in a state of complete exhaustion, and he's about to complete his second dive. Uh, It's very ominous. It sounds like he might end up injuring himself again. So... Yeah, um, one thing I guess I didn't get into in that summary is that apparently, uh, there's some added pressure for Yoichi realizing that, you know, if MDC doesn't uh, exist anymore, then his father's gonna have to find a new job and suddenly he's feeling the pressure again, which I guess is a fine, you know, I'm okay with that. It It does feel like this is something he probably should have realized ahead of time, I guess. He's a kid, I get it, you know, he's in high school, whatever, you know, he's kind of only thinking of himself, but it, I I don't know, this is all starting to come off as a bit contrived, Uh, like, not really even so much, well, yeah, a little contrived, because his father is basically like, oh, you know, I don't, like, I can't get another job coaching anywhere else because my teaching methods are out of date. Okay, so, why don't you just stay up to date? I I, I don't know. It's like you've been a coach for this long. You know, you got Asaki there who's magnificent. You know, why don't you ask her about how to coach better? Like, I don't really understand why this has to really be that much of a conflict. Like, it kind of feels like it's just sort of forcing more drama onto Yoichi, which I do like. I like the fact that you know, it's already been established that he's already had a lot of pressure put on him all his life. You know, I like the fact that it's starting to kind of come back and hit him again. You know, starting to realize, oh my gosh, like, this is like this entire competition is entirely my fault. And I really could actually be putting my father out of a job. Like, I like that. Like, I like that conflict for Yoichi. But it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> I guess. Like, I don't, I like, I can't understand why this would be such a big deal for his father just to find another diving job, I guess. Like, I, I don't really... It's like, if he's really a coach, then I don't understand how his methods are that out of date. We're also constantly pushing this co- this whole thing with everybody being super depressed about Coach Asaki leaving, which, I mean, I get, you know, she has been a fairly prominent character in in the entire in, throughout the entire series, like, more so than Yoichi's dad, anyway. Like, I probably care about her more than pretty much any of the other characters at this point. So, I mean, I get why they're upset. I just don't understand why this is suddenly a conflict. Like, Tomo seemed completely fine last episode after, you know, like, well, you know, after he had injured himself and due to his depression over Coach Asaki, it seemed like he had gotten over that, and now all of a sudden he's just like, I'm super depressed about Coach Asaki leaving again when he uh, encounters his old, fr- like one of the uh, prior characters, Ryo. I don't know. There's not really a whole lot that's terribly interesting. I feel like the series is trying to, uh, it's trying to force this relationship between these boys. You know, we, we're supposed to care so much about their friendship and it's just not there, like, and I don't think the series is doing, has done a whole lot to really establish this outside of that one random episode in, with Okitsu in his hometown, uh, I, I guess it's just that, like, for example, we have this half day in Kobe that they're, you know, that they're having, you know, Kojisaki, you know, before, you know, they're down there for the competition anyway, so, you know, they're gonna go there, and, you know, they're gonna, You know, they're going to have a little fun, you know, you know, visiting a new city. Why not? Uh, But I guess my problem... Like, you don't really see them doing much of anything. They're eating meat buns outside of a meat bun stall and talking about why isn't Yoichi eating one and then also talking about, Wow, it was nice of Coach Asaki to let us have this half day, huh? Isn't this fun? Okay, like... Can't you, like, I don't know, go out and... Can't we watch you guys, like, just kind of go out and have fun in Kobe, I guess? Like, this isn't really much of a slice of life. Like, which just seems to be sort of the tone you guys are going for here, or the tone that the animators are going for here, but it's just... It's not re... Like, I just... I really don't buy this big friendship between these characters, I guess. Uh... You know, and I don't really see how their friendship has really inspired this, like, their love of diving with one another. Or how it sort of rekindled their passion for diving. I don't know, I'm kind of... I think the series is interesting, has had its interesting moments, rather, but I'm, I'm pretty much ready for it to be over, like, I'm kind of glad that next episode is the last. I am genuinely curious to see what they're going to do about Yoichi with this whole, uh, with this whole mass exhaustion, or, like, this whole terrible, like, exhaustion he's going through because he stayed up pretty much most of the previous night because he was so stressed out about this new, this next competition, so, I don't know, like, we'll, we'll see. It, I think it could have an interesting ending. i I hate to say it like this, I'm kind of hoping to see him get injured again, (laughs) but at least add some drama, you know, add a little bit more conflict, show, you know, how all of this is sort of, how, you know, the pressures of society have sort of torn apart this poor high school student, but, you know, Tomo's sort of blissful ignorance is kind of, you know, the way to get through life almost as a high schooler, I don't know, we'll see, hopefully Ely and I will actually be able to have a discussion that week, you know, talk about it amongst ourselves, but anyway... Uh, Matt, would you
1: like to move on to Fastest Finger First? Ha <laughs> Good one, Matt. You are a master of smooth transitions. I'm not sure why you forced me to be silent for the last 20 minutes, but anyway, I'm going to jump right in to Fastest Finger First. Fastest Finger First, episode 11. Uh, It starts out with Koshiyama freaking out about not being good enough to be in the final round, but then Mikira tells him, actually you are, and he says, okay. Uh, Akira busts in uh, wearing the Asagoka girls' uniform and uh, being goofy and whatnot. Um, Everybody freaks out for a moment because they are confused by the fact that this person just busted in wearing... An Asagoka girl's uniform, but then they sort of get over it and uh, Just let Akira uh, compete on the first multi multi-choice Question excuse me multi-answer question Koshiyama gets 11 out of 11 possible points and Mikira actually gets zero uh, Because he got one wrong answer Um, but quickly Mikira is able to get up to 10 points by uh, answering quickly on the next few questions uh so it's relatively even um akira is basically playing games with everyone else the whole time he's not really interested in winning for himself uh but when he does get points he's more focused on taking points away from other people to throw them off their game um ultimately akura uh from kaijo and uh Ashia from mikira's school uh move on so in order to get the last slot to move on to the the final finals uh it's down to mikira and koshiyama um they get mikira is uh behind and uh, 19 to 18 and uh then they they buzz in on the last question um but it's not clear who is going to get the right answer it's basically there's a question about guessing dates um i thought the the episode was good overall um at the end of the day i was just so relieved that they didn't spend half the episode uh freaked out or talking about how weird akira is um because you know as we've mentioned before that's the least interesting aspect of the show um so it was it was nice to see them sort of address the fact okay Akira is, uh, dressing up in this, the Asagoka girl's uniform, people are kind of confused by it, Sasajima actually just thinks it's interesting, and, you know, he, he seems completely unperturbed, um, Fukami says that he looks cute, you know, it, so it's not like people are disgusted by it, I think j- maybe justifiably they're confused, because, you know, it's not something you necessarily see every day, um... But thankfully, they don't dwell on it. I mean, personally, I wish that like it didn't need to be a plot element in the first place. Um, but considering that it is, uh, they could have done a lot worse. Um, luckily, the episode mostly focuses on the the quiz competition. Um, I like the the fact that Koshiyama, he has a real strength for remembering a lot of details and so when he's given ample time he can he sort of has the advantage so you saw that in the multi-answer question where you had like a a good amount of time um but you had to make sure you didn't get any wrong answers on uh of the of the several answers possible he did really well um just because he has that great i guess store of knowledge He's not as capable when it comes to buzzing in quickly and knowing all the, the the so-called tricks of the trade. So he people start to catch up to him, but because he has that base of knowledge, he's able to sort of propel himself forward. So again, sports anime work best when every character has their own strengths. So I like the fact that they emphasize uh, Koshiyama's strength when it comes to um broad knowledge uh, for untimed questions um and hopefully that'll come up again in the future uh i i guess it's it's interesting to see it come down to you know the last question that's not really shocking that uh it, it's all it's all down to the last question and uh, akira is sort of acting as a spoiler and koshiyama and Mikiura are fighting fighting it out and then i guess there's like five other people up there but who cares right um it uh so yeah I, i kind of alluded to it but in the last question it it's it lists off three unrelated dates from the past and then asks you what day of the week they all occurred on um and so nobody really knows the answer but they're all w- what i like is they all have different ways of trying to figure it out um <clears throat> so well it doesn't really explain what akira is up to uh, as ever it's sort of the fun of akira is seeing what he comes up with and how weird it is and trying to figure it out after the fact how he sort of outthought the premise but for Mikiura, he has no idea what day of the week it would be so he's trying to do math (laughs) so he's basically just calculating what day it ought to be maybe using a problem it's not really clear what he was doing it probably would be clear to someone who's familiar with it but for me it was not clear but he was trying to figure it out mathematically whereas koshiyama actually had a different approach um because his strength is in remembering history itself he noticed that one of the dates listed was the may 15th incident Uh, which was a one of the the early events in world war ii history in japan Um, and so he was trying to remember the details of the the may 15th coup attempt uh, and see if any of those details would help him remember what day of the week the event occurred on he ended up not being totally confident in his answer uh, but putting it down anyway because he ran out of time so the next episode we're probably going to see how this round turns up, and I mean, look, next week's the last episode, so they have to finish this regular meet. Um, I don't know what I'm really hoping for. Uh, I, I am, you know, it seems likely that Akira will not be in the final round. I, I imagine Koshiyama will. Um, but either way, I hope to see some... Uh, for, for me, I'm, I like seeing Koshiyama's gotten to the point where he can compete in Quiz Bowl, I think that's about all his character needs. I think from here, I'm a lot more interested to see more of the background of Sasajima, if that's possible, as well as some of the issue between him and uh, Fukami's older brother. Uh, so I hope that's really the focus of the last episode with Sasajima and Akura in the finals themselves. Uh, but we shall see. Um, we also watched Clean Free Guyamakun Episode 11 for some reason. Uh, So in this episode, suddenly, Sakai is popular with all the soccer groupies. Now, who's Sakai? I didn't remember either, but he's kind of a background character who becomes the main character in this episode. He got a new haircut, and now he basically looks a lot like Aoyama, Um, so girls start confessing their love to him. He really revels in the attention. And he starts scoring a lot of goals even though he's a defender Um, He ends up getting moved onto the the starting lineup as a forward because he's scoring so many goals Uh, Separately Zizen gets taken off the starting lineup because he literally cannot kick the soccer ball inside the goal I don't know why he was a forward for so long when he lacks the ability to kick a soccer ball But there you go Uh, so there's an extended training sequence between him and, uh, Goto, and eventually he's able to kick some balls in the goal. Great. Uh, ultimately, it turns out that the only reason Sakai was scoring goals was because the god of soccer, which is a literal god with a soccer ball head, uh, got confused and thought that Sakai was uh, Aoyama because they had the same uh, haircut. As soon as he notices that Sakai isn't Aoyama, he abandons him. Sakai becomes goofy again instead of cool, and he's unable to play soccer. So that's it. That's the whole episode. Um, If you're wondering what Aoyama did in this episode... I am too, he didn't do anything, he had no role, he had a couple lines, he was physically present, uh, but he was basically uninvolved. Um, The whole premise of the joke is that a literal divine being who has a head that is a soccer ball uh, was giving special attention to Sakai because of his haircut, and then he stopped. That's it, that's the whole joke is that Sakai basically got to be Aoyama kun for some period of time, except he like relished the attention, whereas Aoyama doesn't care. And then it stopped. So what plot has advanced in these episodes? Well that's a good question just about every week in this show. What what has changed? I guess Zaizen is marginally better at soccer And he has a little bit more of a relationship with Goto. But that's about it, because Sakai completely reverted and undid everything that had happened. And as soon as he started being goofy and bad at soccer again, the coach just said, Oh, well, I guess he's a stooge again, so we'll just go back to our old lineup. And that's it. Nothing else happened. It's, it's very strange. Somehow they managed to slip in an interhigh game that they won due to Sakai's uh, excellence, and everyone was like, "Oh, who's Sakai, who's Sakai? But then it doesn't matter because it's not really clear where they're at on the tournament structure. I don't think they really care about the fact that a tournament is occurring. Um, so it was really just a plot device to make Sakai look cool and then not again. Uh, it, it's I'm kind of... Struggling with how to even comment on this episode because it was so unrelated to the plot at large and it accomplished nothing. I mean, this show has trouble ever accomplishing humor, but I don't know. I think this might have been a new low. Like, it was so absolutely disinterested in any of the characters that have been established. Um, it was disinterested in telling us anything that we that would be constructive or build the characters or, or build anything moving forward yeah we saw more of Zizen, but it didn't actually change his character and he always saw was oh he's a daddy's boy and his dad is rich and he's uh, zyzen is bad at soccer but we knew all that already and oh goto is you know sweet but also fierce i guess but we knew that already. So it, it really... I don't know. I, I I was shocked at the ability of this episode not to accomplish anything. Um, but it, it really stood out in its its ability to to do nothing, to say nothing, and to be completely empty. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that if you never watch this episode, you haven't missed anything. And if a show can really say that, and... It's quote unquote fan base. Is anyone watching this show? But it, it's if its fan base does not need to watch an episode in order to understand everything that's going on, uh, why do you make the episode? I don't know. I, I, I. This is one of those shows where I have to imagine what's going on behind the scenes is possibly more interesting than the show itself, because the logic of how this show is constructed is completely beyond me. Um, Maybe someday we'll know, probably we won't because it's not like anyone is that excited to hear more about Clean Freak Oyama-kun, so with that bold statement of affirmation, uh, we will conclude for this week. Matt, uh, thank you for joining me, albeit recording separately on separate days, uh, I appreciate the fact that we can still make this thing exist, uh, even if it's a little tough to get our schedules aligned, um... So, anyway, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Our logo
0: design is by James Radcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshian cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.
1: Koshi It is a podcast about sports anime. Why are you listening to two mats ranting? They don't know what they're talking about. You don't need to pay them any heed, Koshi and cast. Why do we exist, Kosian cast?